This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Indoors or out, fall, winter, spring, and summer, whenever you garden, wherever you garden, this is the show that covers it all. The AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And good morning from the sous chef, Frank Proctor, along with Grace, our producer, and Charlie Dobbin wearing the royal beautiful gift. I was going to say. Marilyn, yes. yes. Marilyn Wetson has. Big thank you to she, Marilyn. She went way overboard with you. She sure did. Uh, spoiled I look, you. I look, look, I look it's, royal, I it's think. It's a beautiful red and, and well, sparkly, sparkly yeah. uh, shawl and scarf. scarf. And yeah, well, it can be many things. Could be a skirt. Could be. I mean, think about it. <laughs> well, even before you're coming in the studio, Marilyn, there was Marilyn tying this beautiful Little garment, uh, uh, and it looks me up. really, it looks really charming. Thank you, Marilyn. The wardrobe doctor yeah. totally scored. <laughs> Not to mention, showed me how to multi-purpose this. Well, lovely, yeah, we have to have somebody rescue piece. in the morning because boy, oh it's boy, it's scary sometimes, oh, isn't it? It can be weird. <laughs> Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome along here to our pre-Christmas show. Yes. Yeah. And last one before Christmas. Well, yeah. And last one before the winter solstice. Very good. Yes. Very good point. Uh, and if anyone out, anyone out there would like to call us and make a few good points, hey, by all means, we'd love to hear from you. We love to hear garden questions, garden comments, yep. good stories, or and funny stories. Hook them up together. Uh, Christmas and uh, Christmas story along with gardening. If you can do that, wonderful. We'll talk to you, okay? Four one six three six zero. Pardon me. Oh. I still got this. You right. got your tickle. I have. It's I'll a do tickle. it. Four one six three six zero zero seven forty is the local for those of us in the four one six calling area. Otherwise, outside of that, the toll free number one eight six six seven forty. Four seven forty. Gee, I got a feeling I'm going to be let go here. <laughs> you did that rather well. Mm, no mm. problem. <clears throat> well, now you have a few notes. Uh, I do. Oh, and oh, the mantra I must. Or yep. The mantra. Our mantra. mantra. Yes, call early, call often. One question per call or comment. That's right. So there the call early is because if you wait till the last, you know, few minutes, yeah. you'll end up on a hold, and then you'll get frustrated because you won't get through. And call often. Don't hesitate to call again. Sure. Just one one question per caller or one story per caller is the is the rule. Now, my email address. If you have announcements. Things going on if you're part of a garden club or a hort society or anything that you'd like me to put out there to our listeners, uh, send me an email or questions as well. C Dobbin, so my first initial C, last name Dobbin, D O B B I N, at am740.ca. And before we go to any callers, I just want to ma- repeat what the big announcement I made last week, which was how cool we are because we're on iTunes. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Have you checked that out yet? No, I was going to, and we got sidetracked with Christmas shopping, so <laughs> I didn't have a chance. Funny. Yeah. Time of year. It's hard to fit, fit it all in. But iTunes, you know, we think of iTunes, oh, I have to have an iPod to go to iTunes. 
Not true. And I have to pay money to go to iTunes. Not true. Just if you're at, if you miss a show or you want to go back and re-listen to some of the silly stuff we've done in the past, our shows are archived on iTunes. So www.itunes.com. Then you will need to download the software in order to access anything on the site. But it's a very quick download. It's a small doesn't cost piece. anything. Yep, no cost. Yeah. And it's a small piece of software, so it doesn't take long. It takes you know, half a minute. Once you've got that installed on your computer... Search the site. Just search AM740, and we will pop right up there, The Garden Show. Well, there you are. Click on anyone you want. We are infamous. <laughs> well, you know, when, when, sort you, of. Well, when you hear your kids telling their friends, my mom's on iTunes, Whoa, and cool, saying eh? it like, mm. like with total pride, then yeah, I think that that's pretty cool. Speaking of pride, one more thing. Yep. My son, as you know, is a basketball player. Yep. He's in Montreal right now playing in a tournament, so that's been bliss. He's not been around for a few days. <laughs> but the side story to that... <laughs> One of the members of his basketball team carried the Olympic torch yesterday. Oh, wow. What excitement. In Vaughan, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's got a pretty good team, and uh, you one know, of his team members was chosen. When the torch was in Toronto this past couple of days, uh, I was so angry at uh, people who stopped the run. Uh, uh, protesters. There was a little bit of protesting I, going well, on. Well, yeah. I just felt so badly for all those people who had waited so long to carry the torch and missed their turn because of that. You know, oh, did that, oh, I'm they sorry, shouldn't they didn't be pay doing that. Is that what happened? Yeah, they did end up missing was, their turn. Oh, well, I don't know. It, it seems to me that that happened out west too. That uh, some folks who are going to carry the torch weren't able to because of the yeah, timing. Yeah, well, they changed Delays. the route. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because you know, well, so hope, much of what I've been hearing has been really. Good. I yeah. mean, it's been about oh, thousands of people cheering. And, and like I go to Pilates, and the women in my Pilates class were telling me how the torch went by somebody's yeah, house the yeah. other day. And she said it was amazing. She got like a tear in her eye. She'd never felt so patriotic in her life as when, I mean, whoever thinks about flag waving yeah, as a yeah, Canadian, yeah. right? No. But, but there's this torch, you know, running down the street, and all these people are kind of getting all teary eyed and well, emotional. It's, it's going to be in St. Catharines tomorrow. Well, you better be out there. We're going to be there. Good. Yeah, I Good. want to see that. Yeah, torch. exactly. Bring some Kleenex. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we have to take our first commercial break, and we'll come right back and uh, have a word with Charlie in Pickering. Excellent. Okay, hold on, Charlie, we'll be right with you. Through rainy days and long droughts, infestations and early frost, she's the one constant in your garden. You're listening to the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And uh, good morning, everyone. Uh, Charlie is here to answer your questions, or at least attempt to. With uh, my sous chef, exactly. Franklin Proctor. Well, yes. And hey, let's say hi to another Charlie, uh, this one <laughs> living in uh, Pickering. Hello there. Good morning. Good morning. Morning. You really, your name is really Charlie? Yes. Oh, good for you. What's your real name? <laughs> Actually, that's my nickname. Yes, of uh, course. Okay. I figured. Mine too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are you a Charlotte or are you a, a Charlene or Charlie? I'm a Charlotte. Yeah, me too. Oh, there you are. There you are. What's unusual? Don't meet people like us very often. No, we're special. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> well, you ha- you have a question about water softeners? Is that right? I have a comment about water mm, softeners. Okay. Yes. Um, I have a water softener. I've had it for quite a number of years, mm-hmm. and I use potassium chloride in it rather than sodium chloride. Uh-huh. Um, the potassium chloride crystals are said to be better for the environment mm-hmm. uh, rather than the sodium. Mm-hmm. And I'm oh, sorry, my dog. Is that your husband sorry. in the background there? No, that's my dog. <laughs> oh, 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 there you go. I haven't fed them yet, and they're trying to tell me it, they're hungry. Uh. <laughs> um, and I'm oh. I'm thinking that this probably is a lot better for plants. Yes, yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah. Because potassium is one of the macronutrients required by plants, potassium, of course, would not ever do any harm. The way sodium will build up in the soil as a salt because plants don't utilize sodium. Right. So if you so you bring up a good point because we did have a caller a few weeks ago mm-hmm. who asked about watering plants with uh, softened water, and I recommended that they not do that; that they let it sit out, let some of those minerals do some evaporating if they're, or at least you know changing up their form a bit. And uh, um, so that was sort of how we left it. But in your case, you know the potassium's good, the chlorine not so much. Like the chloride again mm-hmm. will will potentially set up a, a, a toxic environment eventually. Do you, do you um, do any kind of rinsing of your pots, uh, sort of neutralizing of any, or do you end up with kind of a white uh, substance in the soil at all? No, I don't. Good. Okay. Um, doesn't seem to bother them that Good. much. So. Well, for most of us, even just regular tap water, you know, it's the minerals, right? There's some of which yeah. are added by the water treatment, but sometimes it's well water that comes with lots of minerals, and the, they will precipitate out. Those minerals, as they build up, will start to end up being a fuzz, mm-hmm. a white, white, chalky-looking fuzz on the surface of the soil and on the outside of the pot, in the case of the clay pot. Mm-hmm. So that's just a, you know, get out the brush and scrub it off kind of thing. Right. Um, shouldn't be a toxic thing. So, but good idea, the potassium chloride versus the sodium. Well, if anybody's interested in going the potassium chloride route, mm-hmm. um, they're available. They're put out by Nature's Own, and they're available at Canadian Tire Stores. Oh, very good. Hey, good stuff. Thanks for that. You're welcome. Good tip. Thank you, Charlie. Nice talking to another Charlie. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> All Go feed those dogs now. In Pickering, okay. <laughs> let's let's take a little trip up to uh, Midland. Hmm? Louise is there. Hi, Louise. Hi. Good How morning. Good morning. Fine. How about you? Uh, just fine, even though it's freezing cold. <laughs> it so, sure is, isn't it? Uh, my problem is that I brought my, several geraniums in mm-hmm. from outside, uh, planted them in new, fresh uh, earth, mm-hmm. And now inside, I have a host of little tiny, tiny black flies mm-hmm. all around them. Is there something I can spray? No. But what you can do, assuming those little tiny, tiny black flies remind you of fruit flies, the way they kind of hover around. Yes, yeah, so somewhat. <clears throat> And if you if you kind of hit the side of the pot or pots where the geraniums are located, you should see kind of a cloud go up into the air <laughs> as you disturb the pot. Those little flying insects are called fungus gnats. All right. So they are a form of gnat, and they do eat fungus. And the the eggs are laid in the soil. And the eggs hatch, and they're little tiny, you never see them, larvae that do a lot of chewing up of the fungus that naturally occurs in a moist soil. Uh, Then they go to their next stage of their life cycle and become adults and start flying around looking for a place to lay eggs. Mm -hmm. So two things you can do. One is cut back on the watering of the geraniums if you can. Yes. Only, like, allow them to get pretty dry. I even let the geraniums I brought in. Excuse me. I'll let the leaves just almost get soft, a little bit, almost like a wilted look to them. Not not drooping entirely, but soft. So the, the soil is quite dry at that point. Then I water thoroughly. So the water goes through the soil into the saucer below. You know, give it 10, 15 minutes for that water to be absorbed by the soil and then dump the excess. Oh. By, by not keeping the soil constantly moist, you will lower the amount of fungus that's growing right. in that soil. So that number one, less food, fewer insects. Okay. The other thing you can do is get a hold of, and um, our last caller mentioned Canadian Tire, and I think you can probably get this item at Canadian Tire. It's called Sticky Sticks. 
So oh. sticky, like like the word mm-hmm. sticky, and then sticks is S T I X. Yeah. Little yellow um, plastic or actually pieces of paper that you put on little prongs and you stand them up in the pots. And the stickiness uh, is the yellow attracts the fungus gnats. So they're flying around. They fly right into that yellow sticky stuff. Sounds like the, the old fly, fly catcher. Exactly. It's just like the fly paper, <laughs> <clears throat> but even better because it's bright yellow and it actually attracts there's, um, it actually attracts the insects. So they all yeah. get stuck into it. And then before you know it, the, the little yellow paper is covered in little fuzzy bodies of fungus gnats. So you, you'll Lower, again, lower the population dramatically. All right. All right. Yes, and thank you very much. You're very welcome. Thanks for your call. Louise calling in from Midland. And uh, we're going to uh, get to Thornhill and Vera in just a moment. First of all, uh, these commercial words here at AM 740, The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Getting to the root of a growing dilemma. This is the AM 740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And Frank Proctor, along with Charlie, I'm the sous chef of the garden. Phone numbers, if you're in Toronto, 416-360-0740. Anywhere else in the province, it is toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. And that's no frass. <laughs> you know, I learned that phrase, and I love it. I love it. It's no frass is is a, in, a well aphid poop. Actually, that's what it it's is. It's insect poop. Well, okay, in general. yes. <laughs> I know. I emailed you this week and said yeah. I'm not frassing you. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, speaking of being my sous chef, just a big, yeah. big hello and a big Merry Christmas to Cindy, uh, Cindy Bear, in uh, where? Well, I'm just going to say, where does Cindy write to us from? Well, Buffalo, R- Buffalo. Thank yeah. you. Uh, she sent a big Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to Frank and I and everybody here at the station, and of course giggled and laughed to the to the sous chef because yeah. uh, Cindy's got you as a Native American Indian <laughs> and sous chief, actually. Yeah. So, <laughs> all the best to you, Cindy. Thanks so much for thank your you greetings. Love. And we're off to Thornhill. Uh, hello, Vera. How are you this morning? Hello. Good morning. Good hello. morning. I'm here. Good, Good morning. Good morning, Charlie. I enjoy your show so much. Thank you. You two are so funny. <laughs> <laughs> and you have a very kind voice. Thank you. Anyway, I have the same problem, actually, like a second call I mm-hmm. had. I have so many little black flies flying mm-hmm. around my houseplants. However, they have never been out, and this soil has never been out. They're indoor plants. Yeah, hard to know where those uh, little insects come from. Would they be in the soil that you purchase? I mean, did has anybody ever, like for example, have you brought a poinsettia into the house? Uh, yeah, a few. Uh, yeah, last year I had a poinsettia. See, it could be something like that. It could oh. be something like a new plant comes in, and it just poinsettia is not uh, that I'm pointing fingers at them specifically, but yeah. you know they're grown in huge quantities in huge acreage-sized greenhouses, uh-huh. and every effort is made to to keep them you know disease-free and insect-free. But sometimes stuff happens, and poinsettias do like to be kept fairly moist you know we don't really want to let them dry out the way we allow some plants to dry out which does set up a situation where there's fungus naturally in moist uh, situations and the gnats will sometimes grow in it but don't worry do exactly what i said uh, or suggested that uh, louise should do sticky sticky sticks and Mm -hmm. hold back if you can on watering try and let things dry down if possible depending on what the varieties of plants are Sometimes I put little water dishes out, you know, mm-hmm. and I find a lot of flies in there. Drowned. <clears throat> they drown, exactly. Okay. They're very attracted to water. Yeah. That's, yeah. yeah. And another thing, she, she mentioned about her geranium. Mm-hmm. You know what I do with mine? I take them out of the soil, 
Mm-hmm. I put uh, around each one, I put a little plastic bag. I mm-hmm. put them in the basement, let them completely dry out. Mm-hmm. In spring, I get them out. I cut them, mm-hmm. you know, wherever it's dry. I plant them. I have the most beautiful geraniums. So you, when you take them out of the soil and you, they're outside in the ground, yeah. you pull them up in the fall before frost, obviously. Yeah, of course. And, and then when you say you put them in a plastic bag, is that roots and all the stems are intact or do you use some trimming first? No, no, I don't do some trimming first. No. Everything intact. You know, I, uh, I read once that the, these leaves have to be, have to dry. That's yeah. where the plant gets its, its strength. Mm-hmm. And then spring, I get it out. I put a plastic bag around the, the root uh, with a little Just soil in it that it doesn't dry out. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. They, I have the most beautiful geraniums in spring. I, I cut them put them in the soil, and they look like nothing. <laughs> wow. look like yeah, exactly. They don't but, look like much when you, and then yeah, they come right back to life. you see little buds coming, and the geranium, the flower is so mm-hmm. big, it's like my hand almost. Well, that's right, and if you love those geraniums, it's totally worth keeping them from year to year. And do you yeah. put them in the basement in these little plastic bags, or are in they the just, basement. yeah, and in it's dark? dark? In the dark basement, I didn't water them yeah. or anything. Yeah, yeah, and it's cool down there as well, it's I It's cool down there, yeah, it's just the right temperature. Well, there you go. That's actually a great story, Vera, because I do get questions all the time about you know how do I what should I do with my geranium so so sometimes one dies you know I mm -hmm. don't save them all but very very seldom that's right yeah exactly no no method is foolproof but uh, but certainly that's great Uh, you can also leave them in the soil but I'm live in a condo and I have only a little locker downstairs mm -hmm. so I I need room you know and I tried it this way and works beautifully oh wonderful well thank you for that tip I hope we got lots of people listening and making notes (laughs) I'll repeat it if necessary to you and your sous chef of course of well, course, thank, thank you. you. Have <laughs> a wonderful that. Christmas. Thank you, you too. Bye-bye. Vera in Thornhill, what a happy lady. Mm-hmm. Um, just had a little note passed along to me from Grace. says, uh, announce where you can get your book, Frank. Oh, oh in Hamilton. Right. Okay, uh, I'm going to be at Cole's Bookstore in Jackson Square on Monday at 4 o'clock to do a book signing. So uh, if you're there, uh, I don't think they've got the room for a complete reading, but certainly I'll be there to sign books on Monday. And it's available uh, as well, of course, at, at Yorkdale, Bayview Village, uh, just north uh, of the 401. And, uh, oh, yeah, uh, our Web. friends. Uh, at, well, no, uh, actually, you can get a hold of me mm-hmm. online. I can mail you a copy, uh, no problem whatsoever. And uh, that's at... Um, Tiny Canal Monster at AOL.com. And we've just been having a great time. In fact, I delivered more books to uh, our friends in Burlington uh, at uh, the bookstore there on Locust Street. Now, what is oh, a different drummer bookstore? It's a wonderful mm, little good, store. Yeah. Not so little, actually. No. Anyway, it's an there, independent. there you go. Yeah, it's an yeah. independent. Yeah. Well, I've been having a ball. You reading. have, haven't yeah, you? I have. I really have. Just readings Enjoying, and, yeah. and chatting it up and signing books. Yes, you're like a famous I, oh, author. I'm a famous author. God, you're going to be wanting a raise pretty <laughs> soon. <laughs> Uh-oh. We're going to be in trouble. You hear that thump? That was, it. <laughs> that was just Moses Neimer hitting the floor. Okay, let's get off and run away to our fourth caller here, Jane in Newmarket. Hello there. Oh, hello. Good morning. Morning. I have a Christmas cactus, and it's blooming at Christmas. Isn't that unusual? Congratulations. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah, it's doing great. <laughs> what did you do? Did you leave it outside to slow it down? or? Oh, no. I, um... I water it every few weeks. Mm-hmm. It gets really dry. Mm-hmm. It's not getting sun, but it's getting a lot of southern exposure, a lot of light by the window. Perfect. And I don't know whether I should fertilize it or just... You it. should. When it's flowering, just keep in the back of your mind that when plants are actively growing, 
And of course, Christmas cactus run opposite to most of our plants, which actively grow in the spring. So Christmas cactus actively grows in the fall and winter with all that blooming. It is appropriate to to fertilize when that's happening. And if the soil, I mean, I have some Christmas cactus and I bet you we have listeners out there that are in the same situation. Been in the same soil, same pot, sometimes for years and years and years. And it becomes like horrible you know, concrete when it gets dry and it's just not pretty. And certainly a little fertilizer does help those plants be healthy and a little healthier. If, you, if you're not going to transplant, certainly a little, little bit of nutrient goes a long ways. Yeah, I think it's big enough. You yeah. know? That's right. Well, it's not that you want to grow it so much. It's just to, to provide a little bit of nutrient. I find the leaves will get pale. You'll lose some of that bright green healthiness. They'll get kind of a, a, a poor green color. That's a bit of an indication that you should, little fertilizer will help. So fertilize when it's dry, that's all right? No, actually, what you would want to do if you're going to fertilize is um, what I do, if if it's watering day, give a little bit of water and then wait a half an hour or so and then provide the fertilizer mixed with water. Mm -hmm. Because you never actually want to go straight into a dry pot with fertilized water. It can be quite uh, shocking and toxic to the plant. So that's a good point. All right. All right. But good for you. Congratulations. <laughs> Many of us are Christmas cactuses. We're finished a month yeah. ago. Yeah. <laughs> Thank okay. you for that call. Uh, Jane in Newmarket. Right. And we're at, what, 932? You're mm-hmm. listening to AM 740 here in Toronto. And uh, just by turning on the radio, uh, we are heard in some 28 states uh, in the U.S. Are we really? Yep. We cover most of Ontario and, of course, a little bit into Quebec and a little bit into Manitoba. Huge broadcast footprint. Okay, but so yesterday, though, I mm. was at a friend's house who lives in downtown Toronto, yeah. actually in the Rosedale area okay. of Toronto, and they can't get AM740 on their home radio. Yeah, that that happens with some buildings. You know, you just can't it's, Yeah, it's interference. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's interference from other uh, wires, whether it be oh, that, TTC wires and that stuff. That could be. Or, for another example, my... My family that lives in London, Ontario, has trouble getting the signal because there's a um, uh, a station very close in the call numbers to 740 right, yeah. in London. So when they're trying to get 740, there's this whatever it is, 750. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's when the internet comes in very handy. Exactly. www.am740.ca. AM740. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Jingle. All righty. Oh, you know where we're going now? Where? Uh, well, I don't, actually. <laughs> Uh, Hornings Mills. Pat maybe can tell oh. us exactly where that is. <laughs> Hi, Pat. Hi, good morning. Morning. You want to know where Hornings Mills yeah, is? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's hidden from the world. <laughs> <laughs> we are about eight kilometers north of Shelburne. Oh, wonderful. Beautiful. Oh, great. Yeah, you know and the you... highway that's been closed for three I was going to oh. say, you've got about six feet of snow there, don't you? Oh, yes. Oh. <laughs> but it's beautiful. I bet it is. I, I don't have a shovel, otherwise I'd come up and help you. But <laughs> it's golly. a real winter wonderland <laughs> that you, yeah, you've well, got. Well, we lived in Mississauga, and we owned a shovel. We moved to Hornings Mills. <laughs> we had to buy a big ride em lawnmower <laughs> tractor thing. Blower. No kids. I was going to say, you're wow. going to get a, horses or something and a sleigh. Oh. <laughs> What's going on there? Well, my question is, I brought in a few plants in the fall, Mm -hmm. one being an oleander. Oleander, yep. Oleander. And we noticed, we went to um, transplant it the other day. Mm -hmm. There's these brown kind of barnacle-like scaly things on the bark Mm -hmm. and some underneath the bit of the leaves. leaves, yep. They come off. They're, they're dry. You can pick them off almost. But what are they? Those are the, the shells of an insect that's underneath there. It's called scale. Uh-huh. 
Ah. So S-C-A-L-E. Scale is an interesting insect in that they do grow that protective shell over their little bodies, so it's very difficult to get rid of them. Mm. Back in the day when we were using toxic chemicals, it was very hard to get rid of them. The only way we could sort of effectively deal with them back in those days was by using the kind of chemicals that are called systemic. So you would spray the plant with um, with the uh, chemical, and the plant would absorb the chemical, and then the plant would become toxic, and then the insect would die. Okay. But we don't do that anymore. So what you could do is, what you notice is they come off very easily. Yeah. They could be dead. Sometimes when they come off very, very easily, it's because they that's the, the shell is empty. There's no live insect. That is, they mostly do look dry inside. But there could be eggs. The trick with scale is they're very specific to different plants. They're like scale that lives on oleander is not the same scale that lives on spider plants, for example, or ivies or euonymus or magnolias. They're all very specific. So it would be worth checking when it lays its eggs. Those, what you're looking at could be dead. There could be eggs in the soil just waiting for the right conditions Mm -hmm. or not. So leave that with me. Before I tell you what I would do, like off the top, if you believe there's living scale, then you want to get rid of them. Whether it's picking them all off with your thumbnail and keep, you know, every day examining the plant for any, any of these insects and getting rid of them that way. When they're very, very young before they grow that shell, you can use just a simple soapy solution to kill them. Okay, that's but, uh, just a soapy water. That's right. That's a forty to one soap, you know, soap to water uh, solution. Uh, sorry, water to soap solution, and um, that is something that. But you, it won't do you any good once that shell is in place. You, timing is everything with scale to okay. uh, to annihilate it. So let me check. Let me just see what the the life cycle is, or or feel free to check yourself. The Latin name for oleander is nerium. So N as in Norway, E R. I-U-M. So if you just uh, Googled Nerium scale or Oleander scale, I think you would find something would come up uh, just to give you a a sense of of life cycle. Mm -hmm. Okay, but you do want to get rid of them and you want to isolate that plant from your other plants just on principle. Yeah, because I had what the other lady said, these little black flies, Mm -hmm. they're they're bigger than a fruit fly, but they're not a house fly. Are they coming off of that? No. If they're bigger than a fruit fly... And smaller than a housefly, they almost sound like um, some of the insects that, that start doing their thing in late fall, just as winter's coming. Have you seen those insects lately, or did you see them a few weeks ago oh, or a month no, ago? Oh, no, they're around now. Oh, they are. We, we're getting them in the house. I mean, every evening when we go to have dinner, there's usually two or three floating around, mm. and we get them, and the next day there's two or three more. S- run with those sticky sticks that I mentioned. Oh. That that will work because that's very attractive to the flying insects. Any <laughs> of the f- not attractive to my decor. <laughs> 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 Why am I not surprised? Christmas with yellow plastic yes. sticky stuff all over. Okay, I get it. <laughs> um, all right. All right, we'll try. This. Move the plants. You have a spare bedroom or something? Can you just kind of move everything out of sight for a week or two? That might work. <laughs> Good luck with that, Pat. All right. And uh, lots of luck, lots of luck with the snow up there. That's right. Harnings Mills. Get out those cross country skis. Yeah. Baby. Yeah. Nice. Well, we're going all over the map here today. Look at this. Now we're in Sutton. And Jerry is on the line. Hi, Jerry. Hi, how are you? Good. Morning. Hi. Um, Two questions. Mm -hmm. When can I trim back a cedar hedge? Not now. Not now? No. 
when? When it's actively growing is the best time. So usually, uh, calling from Sutton, so usually in your case might be late May, early June, depending on the spring, might even be mid-June. When you start to see, you know when you get that green flush of growth, when all the evergreens have their dark green from the year before, Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden they start to all look much brighter and, you know, you feel like you're in Ireland or something (laughs) because you get all that Kelly green color going on. So that's when... Can you chop them back pretty radically? It's not recommended that you... Well, it depends what, how radical. Well, they're like 12 to 16 feet high. Okay. So you can chop them down. I want, I want to come down maybe two, three feet. That's fine. You can do that. Okay. They will look pretty god-awful, but you won't see it from up there. It's only anybody up second story <laughs> looking down right. will see it. And remember always to shape your cedars so they shed the snow. So try to avoid a flat yeah, top. Yeah, that problem last year. Yeah, and that's what causes them to keel over and yeah. look pretty rotten. So, yeah, just remember you want that, that sloping top, no flat tops on our cedar hedges. One other question. Mm-hmm. Is oh, there an old wife's tale? the rules. Um, ashes from the fireplace for the garden. Oh, no, it's a great idea. Well, okay, it's a great idea if the ashes are from wood that is not going to hurt the garden. Okay. So that, no walnut. So if you're burning walnut, don't keep those ashes for the garden. And number two, no pressure-treated wood. If you, for whatever reason, were burning pressure-treated wood, don't use that in the garden. But otherwise, yeah, generally speaking, ashes out of the the fireplace are great. Not in deep layers. That's a sprinkle. Because it's potassium, right? It's potash. So that goes back to our first caller who was using potassium chloride for water softening. Mm -hmm. Potassium is a macronutrient that is required by all plants. So absolutely, it's a great soil builder and plant. Plant food. Oh, yeah. Don't don't toss it. I put it in my composter myself and mix it all in. Okay. Very sneaky of you, Jerry, Thanks. to squeeze yeah. that extra question <laughs> in there. <laughs> okay. The first offender of the day. I know. They... All righty. Oh, I'm glad we got the uh, answers in, in that case to, uh, to Jerry <laughs> up there in Sutton. We're going to take a little bit of a break here at AM 740, the Charlie Dobbin Garden Show, with yours truly, Frank Proctor. We'll return in just a moment. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM 740. Transplanting good ideas from one gardener to another. This is the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And the sous chef of the garden, yours truly, Frank Proctor. Well, we're going to say hello to Natty in Oakville in just a moment. You had some uh, emails that you wanted to deal with there, right? Uh, Yes, just Mm. a couple of quick things. Do you remember, uh, was it two or three weeks ago, we had a call from Thelma in Guelph. And she was asking about burning bush and what was the other common name for it. Typically, I think, used in the States as a common name for what we call burning bush. And none of us knew. And I actually... Googled it that next week. Never found anything that kind of popped out. And then she called to tell us the name she was trying to think of and thought we might think of. Burning bush, also known as winged wahoo. Really? Yeah. Sounds like the punchline to a joke. It does. I think it's great. Winged wahoo. Winged wahoo. So I wonder if that's just, I mean, winged because there are wings on the stems, Mm -hmm. but where the wahoo comes from, (laughs) I'm not sure. It's pretty cute. Um, One other quick uh, comment. This is from my mother who may be listening right now, she got me on the phone the other day and slapped me around and said that (laughs) I am completely misleading everybody when it comes to talking about orchids. Now, my mother is a neophyte when it comes to orchids, but of course, she's clearly telling me I know absolutely nothing. She knows more than me. Uh Uh, Family family discussion coming up. Yeah, here we go. Now, (laughs) we will have an expert or or a real hobby expert, Barbara Lee, on the show on January the 16th. She's going to really tune us into 
orchids. But in the meantime, my mother tells me <laughs> that all this talk about how to water orchids that I've been saying is completely wrong. The correct way to water an orchid is to mix water and orchid fertilizer according to instructions. Then on the 15th and 30th of every month. Now, see, I never agree with this watering by the calendar, but my mother says this is the way you do it. On the 15th and 30th of every month, provide about a quarter of a cup of this liquid to your orchid, regardless of the temperature, the sun, the time of year, a quarter of a cup of this liquid on the 15th and 30th, and you will be successful. But meanwhile, remember to mist often or spritz a couple times a day. That's from my mother. All right? You have any issues with that? Take it up with her. Well, I can tell you it's going to be a very interesting Christmas dinner (laughs) at at your mom's. You're going to wind up wearing the turkey in your noggin. Gee. (laughs) I've been told. Well, folks, you heard her. The line was drawn in the sand, and your mom has clearly stepped over that line, I can tell you. (laughs) You know, when your mother, I'm a trained horticulturalist, and my mother's telling me, it's okay. It'll be fine. Listen to mom. Always listen to mom. That's my mom. Uh, Nadia in Oakville, get us off. Off the hook here quickly. <laughs> very, very interesting. It's wonderful listening to you. <laughs> Thank uh, you. <laughs> I have a hibiscus, and it blooms. You know how hibiscus. Every so often, you get a few of these gorgeous, gorgeous blossoms. Mm-hmm. But I have a problem with little white uh, flies, mm. and funny. I've sprayed it with uh, uh, a house pl- a house plant. Mm-hmm. called Trounce, mm-hmm. and um, it hasn't um, got rid of the problem. Okay, so what you have is a very tiny little insect that's perfectly pure white, yes. and they do love hibiscus, and it's actually called white fly. I mean, it's a really, it's very easy to, to look up in a book or on the internet, just Google white fly. Mm-hmm. The trick is, now, trounce should work. I keep throwing my pencil around. <laughs> Frank's going <laughs> to kill me well, by the third time I've thrown my pencil. Um, the thing with whitefly is you can't, they'll fly. As soon as you pull out your spray and attempt to spray the plant, they see that spray coming, and then they fly so it doesn't touch them. But their eggs are on the underside of the hibiscus yes, leaves. I can see them, yes. Yeah. And that's where I spray. I Little spray devils. I put yeah. the plant in the bathtub. Okay. And then I spray the underneath and the top. Good. And just stay away from the actual blossom. And I spray the soil and... Uh, uh, Stems. A few days later, everything. they're back again. But, but the thing is, is that your spray will not kill the eggs. So it'll kill the larva, and it'll kill any of the flying insects if you can spray them before they get out of the spray uh, area. But um, the eggs will not be affected and will hatch. So the trick with trounce is, as a, as an effective way to kill this this insect, is you must spray every seven to ten days to catch those generations as they come through. And there is, I think, a better spray than, than trounce for controlling whitefly. It was called end-all, so E-N-D, all, A-L-L. I think it's still out there under that name, but if you don't see end all, just go to a garden center or even, you know, anybody that has indoor plant supplies and ask them. Now, what's in end all is the exact same thing that's in trounce, which is the pyrethrins, plus canola oil. And the canola oil is what makes end all different. And the oil is very effective at controlling whitefly. 
So get a hold of that spray. Do exactly what you're doing, though. Put it in the bathtub because the last thing you want to do is start spraying oil in your living room and you know walls and yeah. drapes. And you will have to spray more than once. There's no question. It will be an ongoing every seven to ten days spray. The other thing I'll do with hibiscus sometimes, just if this problem is impossible, sometimes these insects are very hard to get rid of, is I'll do a radical pruning and just prune the whole plant right back. All the tips that you've pruned off will go right out into the into the garbage. They will not stay in the house as cuttings. So they actually multiply by uh, laying their eggs right throughout the whole plant, That's not a, just any specific... It's Most of the eggs will be laid on the tips of the, the new growth. So the, the newest leaves will have the most insect and population increase will happen. And that's why doing a fairly radical pruning is one way to get rid of oh, a high percentage. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, particularly because okay, of the blooms. These, these sticky sticks that you're talking mm-hmm. about... Uh, they wouldn't work? They will l- help lower the population somewhat, but they will not eliminate the insect. And in the case of whitefly, you must eliminate the insect because it will just continue to be a problem and will eventually kill the plant. Oh, Unlike fungus gnats, which will not kill the plant. They just they aren't even touching the plant. They're just chewing on fungus that's in the soil. White oh. flies are actually sucking the juices of the plant and will kill it eventually. That's the the drag. Okay, thank, I want to tell you how very much we enjoy listening to you. Oh, thank uh, and you. And the information is terrific. Good. Perhaps your mother is right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, she's gonna like hearing. She's gonna like hearing that because I know my mother's li- listening right now. She's taking notes, right, of all the people anyway, that agree with her. All the very best. You have a wonderful Christmas. Thank you, and to you too. Bye bye now. <laughs> Oakville being represented here in the Garden Show, Nadia. <laughs> Uh, siding with your mom, wow, I tell you, you're in you're, trouble, you Charlotte. You said it, you said the line in the sea. Yes, <laughs> I tell you. Here now, we go, we start a, we're still going to start a, 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 what do you call it, um, you know, everybody vote, who's right, you know, yeah, Charlie oh, or Charlie's oh, mom. Here we go. Uh, <laughs> now we're, we're going to have to take a little bit of a commercial break here and then we'll come right back to talk to Gary in Toronto about a holly bush, okay? That coming up next on the Charlie Dobbin Garden Show. Through rainy days and long droughts, infestations and early frost, she's the one constant in your garden. You're listening to the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Guess who's on the line? I don't believe this. <laughs> Who? He, he hasn't left the country again. He's back. Gary from Toronto. <laughs> Maybe he's calling from the Canary Islands. Well, you never know. This is the chap who asked the question, and then he leaves the country to go you. to the Canary Islands. Good morning, Gary. Good morning. Good morning, Charlie. <laughs> I, I was given a lovely holly bush with berries on it. Oh, nice. And it's in a pot, and it's out on my porch. Mm-hmm. And do, now, do I water it? Well, okay, so it was given to you just in the last week or so, or a uh, month or two ago? Oh, maybe two weeks ago. Okay, now, so there's there's holly and there's holly. I'm just wondering, it, it was an outdoor plant. Like, sometimes they're sold in grocery stores and stuff mm-hmm. as tender little... No, I, this was given from a nursery. Okay, good. So you've put it outside, and the trick is, do you water it? Yes, you water it, but also you should protect it. Sitting out on your porch, which direction does the porch face? It faces east. Okay, so that's good. Like it's sort of sheltered by two walls. Perfect. Because that's good. You know, the prevailing wind is northwest from the northwest. Right. So an eastern location is good. So it's out of wind. Right. Uh, That's and it's in a fair size pot, I imagine. You know, five gallon or bigger size pot. I'll have to. I I can't remember. It's a. You know, it's 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 in a plastic container. Right. One of those pots. Now the other thing is, should I dig? I have dug a hole out in the garden. Uh, and should I put it in the ground with 
the in the pot or or just leave it on the porch. If you have a, a whole dog, like your ground wasn't frozen, and you and is that where you think you're going to ultimately? Is that a permanent location? No, or? I just dug a hole in the middle of like my vegetable garden. Good but idea. I'll put it in there, and then in the spring I'll figure out where to put it. Perfect. So you're absolutely brilliant. So you've got the hole. Leave it in the pot. Drop pot and plant and all into the hole. Uh-huh. Water it with some cold water, not 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 particularly warm. Okay. Uh, just give it a, a watering and you know snug some soil and some snow all around it right. and let it be. One tip though, double check: is there? If there's probably a name on the holly telling you the variety. Right. Hollies are plants where there are male plants and female plants. Oh, I was just going to ask you yeah. about that. Yeah. So if it came with berries, then you know you have a female plant. How, where, I, uh, when I was back to the nursery, I asked for a male plant, and they they just keep looking at me and rolling their eyes back. <laughs> like they, they, no, no, we have ones with berries. We have yeah. one with berries. They're, you don't need a, a you know, I, I told them a I need a male and a female. Yeah, yeah, oh, you do. no, 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 no. Well, what the, the nurseries, what the growers have done in the last few years is they have avoided the problem of, of people having to plant two holly or three holly plants right. by actually planting two plants into each pot, a male and a female. Oh, well, and oh. you'll know by the name on the plant. It'll have some cutesy name. See, it used to be the, the traditional holly that we grew in, in Ontario was Blue Prince right. or Blue Princess. Okay. So you all, for every princess... Well, for every prince, actually, you only needed one prince. You could right, actually have true. as many as three princesses because a lot of pollen comes off of a male plant. Right. Okay. But now they've got other names on them. So double check. See if there's like a little hybrid or cultivar name and give us a call when you're, you know, and we can just double check that name. I wouldn't want to do that research unnecessarily. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway, I promise I won't call in until the spring. Oh, oh no, no, that's great. We love you. But that was a good idea to dig the hole. So be- it'll survive the best for sure well, if you I'm can get sure it underground. I'm sure a lot of people got holly bushes, you know, for mm-hmm. Christmas, and, they, and they don't know what to do with them either. And, I, I, and it looks lovely on the porch, but I thought, what do I do with it now? And I, aha, called Charlie. Good for good. you. Thanks, you Gary. Go. Have a great anyway, Christmas. Merry Christmas, and, and, t- and I enjoy your show. Thank you. Thanks very much. Thank, Thank you, you, Gary. Uh, there's a good sport. I know. We do give them a hard time. You know, do we have time for one more call? If it's a fast one. Squeeze one one in here. Okay. Art in North York, what's on your mind? uh, I phoned in last week about spy apple trees. Yes. What I learned, sorry, Gary, Art, I should have announced this earlier. Northern spy is what you're growing and you rarely or have never yet had flowers. Uh, What I've learned is that it's a minimum of 10 years when northern spy are growing on a standard rootstock before they will start to flower. Ten years. Yeah, so you're on that cusp by the sound of sounds of it. Because no you're about nobody grows them anymore. <laughs> no, well, they do grow them, but on dwarfing rootstocks, they will flower at an earlier age. Really? Yep. So that's. So I got to wait another. Well, maybe well, this year. Yeah, maybe exactly. Be ten years. Watch for flowers this year. Let us know. Okay. Thanks, Art. Right, thanks. Have a great Christmas. And we've got to say goodbye very shortly. Well, first, here. we have to say Merry Christmas Absolutely. to everybody. Absolutely. Because we won't, and you and Grace, thank you, mm-hmm. and all our wonderful listeners and callers. Have a great holiday. Enjoy your turkeys and hams. And I'm going to be having ham sandwiches. Ham sandwiches. No, no, no. Uh, turkey sandwiches. I love turkey, turkey sandwiches. Soup, turkey fricassee. Oh, the turkey's the best. And turkey pie. <laughs> love turkey. Well, there you go. My daughter's cooking the turkey. She's the right? best. I'm yeah. totally spoiled. So, um, Charlie, yeah. have a great one, huh? And you too. 
and to all of our listeners and callers. Have a wonderful little holiday there. And thank you for all your great, great questions and and good stories. Uh, And um, Merry Christmas to my mom and uh, her her orchid. Some fence mending going on here. (laughs) Her orchid expertise. (laughs) Oh, Frank Brock. See everybody next week. And Charlie Dobbin. We'll be back next week. That's right, we will. And you're still on for a few hours. Yes, yes. Going to be introducing the folks to a whole bunch of. Very interesting people, including our very own Marilyn Lightstone, who has a wonderful new song that we're going to be talking to her about quarter to 12 when Marilyn will join me on the show. Anyway, that's uh, after the news, which is next. Charlie, have a good one. And you too. Thank you, Grace. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.